Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 Podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Pastor John and Pastor Adam as we look forward to this upcoming school year. And at the same time, we're also going to be talking about the past year and some different highlights. So Pastor Adam and Pastor John, thank you for being here. How are you doing? How, how has your summer been so far? Well, I think it's been great. It's amazing. I think this is our second full summer here. And our family kind of has rhythm and routine, and it feels like home. So that's been really great. My kids went to Camp Lakeview. Woohoo! Uh, and my daughter has decided that if she has a uh, another spider like come anywhere near her, she'll never go to camp again. Um, <laughs> just they, part of camp. It is, and she just didn't anticipate it. Um, so they had a, they had a blast. Uh, June flew by because we were, we had camp. We had VBS, which was huge with the amped up and everything. So super busy, and now we're kind of into the, oh, like school starts in just a few weeks. We've got to get ready, and we're going to take our family vacation next. Well, I guess it's coming up. So Coming up soon. Do you know where you're going? We're going really far. You guys ready for this? Brown County. Brown County. It's <laughs> <laughs> where everybody goes, right? Everybody vacations to Brown County. Like camping or what? So it's something we did in Texas. We would rent a house um, actually in the hill country of Texas, over spring break and go and just get away. We take everybody's phones and technology away from them and we would unplug the internet and let the house had it and just be us. And uh, so we, we didn't do that the last few years because of our move up here and we said, let's do it. And so it becomes, became kind of an annual thing for us. And it's a Christmas gift that we give to our kids. So it took us a long time to figure out that things just disappear and get thrown away, but experiences last a lifetime. And I wish like when Matt, who's now 20 was like two, we, we knew this, but instead we bought our older kids, everything and our younger kids, they want everything, but they get experiences. In terms of experiences, I also saw some posts that you were over at the ARC experience, right? Was that as a family thing? Dude, yes. So we got to go to the ARC. It was something we talked about. Here's the great irony. It rained and poured while we were at the ARC. It's a good time to be at the the, the ARC. Yeah, it was miserable, though, because (laughs) once you're done with the inside stuff, all there really is is outside stuff. And we were like, well. But it was awesome. I mean, it was so – well, you know what was so cool is for my kids to be immersed in something that they'd heard stories about, they'd read about, they'd done the Sunday school classes on and all that, but had never really pictured it. And even my, my wife and I were like, huh. I guess Noah probably didn't take a thousand animals and just throw them in a big area <laughs> together and sit with them. Like there was probably some planning and organization required in this. And so it, it just opened it up and I would love to go back because my kids were like, dad, stop reading. We need to go to the next thing. But I would love to read through all that. And um, we talked about maybe creation museum uh, another time, but it was awesome. I would recommend it. I think anybody. the creation museum has a lot of reading too. So maybe the kids need to get a little, a little bit, bit older. older. <laughs> yeah. And what about you? What are you guys doing this summer? How's things going for you? Yeah, so this is our first full summer here. And what I've learned is that the 4th of July, we celebrate the birth of our nation, but the death of summer here. 
because school starts so soon. So we had a great 4th of July, had a lot of fun, but just like Pastor John said, we're now gearing towards school. Um, and we're thinking about you know school supplies and first day outfits. It's crazy, isn't it? What it's just it is a whole new world here in Indiana, which we're loving. We're living, and that's kind of what we've been doing. We do have big shout out to Kyla. We have our ten year anniversary upcoming later in the summer, so we're taking a ten year. A shout out trip. that she's put up with you for this long. Yes, thank you, dear. Right. Love you. <laughs> so let me ask you this quickly about the Fourth of July. Yeah, Texas, Wisconsin. Are they as crazy about fireworks as it seems like they're, they are around here? Texas is very crazy about their fireworks. Absolutely. In fact, uh, two years ago, right before we moved that 4th of July, um, there was so much smoke, it shut down one of the highways because it just oh like hovered, and they had to mm-hmm. shut it down the, that night because you couldn't see. <laughs> oh, brother. God bless Texas. Uh, what you need to know about Wisconsin is that uh, summer is really nice in Wisconsin. It was on a Tuesday last year, um, but it's really nice. And uh, you, what what you realize is that in Wisconsin, during the summer, people party, and they party hard. Um, so there's like four or five weeks there where, I mean, you're just basically on the lake nonstop. Uh, and 4th of July is kind of part of that. So, yes, party hard. Probably Wisconsin doesn't have as many highways as Texas does, um, at least not in northern Wisconsin. Don't a lot of trees, a lot of lakes, but it was a big deal, and it was fun. So we can go ahead and transition into our, our topics for today. So we're going to go ahead and start with looking back to this past year. So can you guys just kind of uh, give us a few of the highlights, some things that really stuck out to you from this previous year of ministry? For me, what it is is, is well— really based all around relationships. But what I've really enjoyed is getting to know the staff here, coming in, obviously knowing nobody except you, George. I kind of knew you. And now I feel like I know everybody personally, and we are, I think, the best of friends. But also, uh, not just the, the staff here, it's so nice now being able to put names to faces on Sunday morning. Man, if I can walk by and say, you know, hey, how how are you? Name instead of, hey, bud, how's it going? I hope that your week was good. It's so nice to have that personal touch there. And that's kind of what I've been realizing the last the last couple of weeks is that those, those names are really starting to cement in. And it's been super, super helpful. Well, I've just found if you say that name, then it sticks too. Yeah. And so sometimes when people say their name, to say it over again and then try to say it the next time you see them, it really helps you remember that. John, how about you? Yeah, so I'm celebrating uh, surviving my first year as lead pastor. It's coming up here at the end of August. We made it. I didn't die. The church didn't die. Uh, nobody, nobody got crucified. So that, and that for me is, is I think what we're celebrating is so much, learned so much, grew so much, and just been such a joy to see God really build up St. Peter's for the future. And I've seen His hand working. You, Adam, you talk about coming on to staff and meeting everybody, watching the staff come together and form together in kind of new ways because we've got new leadership, watching our congregation embrace the new things that we're doing. And not everything's brand new, but a lot of times it's just we did it a little bit different. And just the excitement and the openness that everybody has had, it's been a huge blessing for me. Well, I've been here through the 29 years now, 
and, and I've seen those ups and downs where people get excited and then they kind of lull off. But we've really kind of been, I think it's the COVID thing has had us in a lull more than anything else. Yeah. But just getting a past COVID and having a new staff, that excitement is there. And I see an excitement I haven't seen in a long time. And so uh, I'm really excited about what's going to happen next year. Is there anything else that you want to bring about last year before we start about next year? I'm already jumping ahead. Well, gosh, I, I, I think what we saw, and in, in COVID's part of it, but we just saw an explosion in ministry of participation, engagement, excitement, things like, and I'm just going to start working back, Adam, you can jump in at any point, but yeah, I, I think about VBS mm-hmm. and what has happened just this year, you know, over 400 kids, 200 volunteers, huge, huge uh, success. We had Gingerbread Bash in December, and a lot of that is just great new leadership coming in and being able to invest that time, people coming back. One of the, I think, greatest highlights for me this year is was seeing baptisms happen both in, in VBS uh, over a year ago, VBS this last, well, just a few weeks ago, and especially in our school. One of the things that I heard coming in two years ago was, man, we really want to build greater bridges between school and church ministry. And I think, you know, we had over, almost 20 baptisms in our school or with families connected to our schools. And um, that was a testament to the hard work of both areas of ministry, trying to come together and find a way to make it happen. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, baptism numbers are are up from this year, last year. I think last year we were like 37, 30, 40, somewhere around there. And this year we we're about 60. So baptism numbers are, are up. I, I remember, which seems so long ago, but the glow. Right, the oh, the glow, <laughs> the the glow in dark Easter icon, the the uh, rave for two year olds. Yes. that pa- Pastor John family uh, <laughs> called it. I th- I think that was a a blast. Um, you're talking about bridges for the school, right? I think that came out really loud and clear with NLSA here, right? Yeah. That the that the school and church unification was the best practice. That school safety was the best practice, and that we got one of one of the highest. All right, scores. we got to back up. Not everybody catches all those acronyms. NSLA, that's our accreditation system. I think for so. our school, yeah, for our school, <laughs> uh, and so in that accreditation system, St. Peter's got excellent marks. And one of them was what you just mentioned. Go ahead and say that again. What was it that excited you about the accreditation? The group came in and said, is that you have really good unity between the church side and the school side of St. Peter's. And, and they put that as a, as a best practice, which is not just saying you do it well. It's saying that you do it far above what they normally see. Yeah, exceptionally. Um, and then school, school safety was the, the second one that we hear at St. Peter's. We take the safety of, of kids very, very importantly. Uh, and that our practices and our policies and our procedures and what we do to the facilities during school time, during kids ministry time on Sundays, during VBS, it was just exceptional. Yeah. And it, that was something that the team, the accreditation team, you know, kind of tagged as, hey, this is something you guys should train other schools on is how do you do safety? Because it was such a significant thing for us. It was super good. You know, and I think it, it would be remiss if we didn't talk about this, being able to launch a new vision. Vision 28, you know, we yeah. launched that through Lent, put so much work into it beginning October of last year and all the way through January, February with all of our congregational forums and everything. And just to see, in my time here, so many people have asked, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And now everybody knows we're, we're growing younger and deeper in Christ. And we are getting positioned to, you know, connect the next generation to Christ and lead them to lifelong discipleship. We are now at a point where the concept, the vision is in place. Now we've got to start seeing projects and rubber hit the road. 
So that brings us right into Oh, wait, Adam, were you going to add something else? Well, growing younger, right? We've seen uh, kids' men numbers grow. Significantly. Um, we have seen Trek numbers grow. We've seen Explore numbers grow, which are some of the middle school ministry here at St. Peter's. And then the other part of growing a resilient faith, right? I think that's why the the series that we did on Daniel, I think is one of the most talked about series here at St. Peter's so far. And oh, yeah. People are, are talking about it and saying, you know, I think to build on what you said, Pastor John, people are catching the vision. Yeah. People are knowing where we're going and they're seeing it and they're loving it. And they're more than that. They're seeing God at work through it. Absolutely. That gives us a, an opportunity to go ahead and transition then into the, the next uh, question. Looking forward to this next year, what are some things that you're really looking forward to or hoping for in this upcoming school year? Well, I really think a unified sermon approach. We're not just looking at what's next, but we've actually sat down and looked at what what is it for a whole year? What do we want to take the congregation through and to be able to see how that connects to our vision? Um, Daniel laid a foundation for us of how do we interact with our culture. So now we're going to start building on that. So in August, we're starting a new series, A Neighboring. That's really exciting. We've got some stuff coming up on discipleship and growing deeper. That's really exciting. I think to be able to see our school thriving we have the last number I was told, I think it was at the end of May, 423 kids enrolled. Our max is right around 450. So the Lord has blessed us, and it's just amazing to see the ministry that happens because of that in school families. I'm excited to, to really see the launch of Connect Groups, and that's Adam's area, so I'm going to let him talk about it. But that's something that is near and dear to my heart. My, my family have always had a small group involvement since forever. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about Connect Groups. Yeah, so starting in August, registration is, is going to start. Connect Groups are going to be anywhere between 15 and 30 people, and they're going to meet twice a month. And they're going to really focus on two things. They're going to focus on the foundation of community and the foundation of God's Word and combining those two together. So they're going to happen over, over meals and over drinks. They're going to be a time where the families can come together. But you're also going to, you're going to dive deep. You're going to talk about God's, God's Word, and you're going to talk about how your family here at St. Peter's can continue to grow in the faith. Now, a corollary question for both of you. Uh, for small groups, there's materials for sermons. You've got themes. How do you pick what you're going to cover? For th- let's start with sermons. How do you pick the sermon themes that you're going to do over the year? Yeah, first you pray about it. I sit down and I begin to pray uh, over it and ask the Lord to just kind of guide and and lead. And the way that what I ask Him to do is just, Lord, would you just kind of like raise things up that need to be talked about? And as we looked at what we put in place for our vision, we took those two things and, and brought them together. And we said, what's important for our our people, for us to hear this year? What do we feel like is going to grow us younger and deeper in Christ uh, as we go through that? And what we've realized is in our day and age, there's a lot of folks who come to church, they attend, they're, they're faithful— but they have so many questions about how do I live this Monday through Saturday? And so I think over the next year, you're going to hear a lot of that coming from us of how do we begin to live this out and engage in the culture in a, in a way that is beneficial for us as well as for everybody else. That beneficial for other people, that, that kind of goes to what we're talking about with grace and truth. I know you've talked about that before in a sermon, and we're talking about doing that later on. But that's the idea of sharing God's truth 
but no, is, is it grace? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's grace and truth. You had it. Yep. You're, you're going. I, I was going right. So it's sharing God's truth, but also making sure that that includes. You know, we have some things that we know are sins, and yet we're all sinners. Yeah, those of us sharing the gospel as well as those that we're sharing the gospel with, we all need to hear God's grace and truth. And in fact, where you know that topic has been such a, 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 I guess, a hit. I mean, it's really resonated with people that this fall, Adam and I are going to be te- teaching a class between the services at our Bible. Bible groups are that is going to be focused in on that grace and truth. I'm really excited about it because I think that was the thing that I brought that up in a sermon and there were people just came out of the woodwork and were like, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. I, I think, again, it's, it's a huge topic that we all want to know. We want to know how to live from Monday to Saturday. You know, what do I say? How do I share the gospel without being mean or sure. or judgmental? Because I don't think most of us want to do that, and that's a reputation a lot of Christians have, is that we're always just telling people what they need to do. Right. And I think like our series in August on neighboring is going to get into a lot of that. How do you love your neighbor? It's interesting. Our next-door neighbors on both sides moved the same week. Um, Melissa and I kind of looked at each other like, was it us? But over the two years that we've been here, we, we became good friends in particular with one one neighbor, and like it, just that relationship leaves lasting impact. And for a family who didn't go to church, um, we were their closest thing to it. And their kids, as they were getting ready to leave, their their two little ones asked us if we could give them a Bible. And so we asked mom and dad, like, are you okay with this? And they said, absolutely, we'd love it. And so my kids... I mean, this is like the day before they're moving. It's like 6 p.m. They're like, let's go to the store. I'm like, I don't think we're going to find anything open. And so they found some of their old Bibles that were in good shape, and, and they brought them and gave it to them. And it was like when they left the next day, our whole family sat down and was like, we were sad, but it was like, wow. Like, talk about a milestone. This is really cool. Right. And there is probably almost a more cool factor about sharing your own Bible. Oh, absolutely. They just going to Walmart or, or Sam's and picking one up. There, yeah. Yep. It was really, really cool. Because they probably, kids probably picked out ones that it really helped them or was, was age appropriate for them. Yeah. And they, they went and they found the one that they wanted. And uh, the littlest, the little girl, uh, she's, you know, three. And so we were trying to find like that beginner Bible and we couldn't find one. And so they had to give her like the action Bible, which is <laughs> totally not appropriate for three year olds. Yeah. Um, not there yet, but it was it was just the the care and the love that came out of that, and the reception of it was it was awesome. It was pretty pretty significant. I think you know as I look at what's coming next year, something that uh, is really important, and it connects to the to the connect group concept. Oh, yeah. It's in kids ministry we are reshaping kind of how we do that on Sunday mornings and really building it around groups ministry. And this way, whether you're a kid, you're junior higher, you're preteen, you're high school or adult, you have a group that you are deeply connected with. And especially for our kids and you know youth, you've got additional adults beyond mom and dad who are in your life present and uh, mentoring you. And what we find is that when you have those additional adults in your life who genuinely invest in care, it makes all the difference. And so we're going to see a shift in kids' ministry this fall with that that I'm really excited about. Now, I'm on your team, Adam, but can you share with the other folks that are listening, how do we pick out what we're going to cover in the topics for small group, connect groups? Switching back and forth, I know that we're going to go with connect group, but still people think 
small group. We're trying to get that thinking changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can share a little bit about that idea of the change in, t- in name as well as how do we pick topics that we're going to cover. Yeah, so I think one of the cool things about Connect Groups um, is that we are going to tie them into um, one specific sermon series. Um, well, actually, two specific sermon series every year. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be one curriculum that you go through when you start a connect group that forms and norms your group one that we have specifically written that we want everybody to go through which goes through the heart of discipleship and the heart of connect groups here at st peter's and then once you get through that we are gonna pick a series every year and we're gonna build a curriculum around it so this upcoming one in the year of 2024 is going to be all about the theology of, of life, death, resurrection. Um, what do we really believe about that, right? What, what do we believe happens to the body? What happens at death? What happens, what's going on while the saints rest from their labors here on this earth, but Jesus hasn't come back yet, right? What's, what's going on? And then how does that belief tie into the hope that we have as followers of Jesus? What I love about it is that it makes worship central to the understanding of our lives and how worship forms and norms our life as as well but not just keeping worship on a sunday morning right bring in that sunday morning to monday morning monday and um tuesday and, wednesday and it will allow us to have community and it should be a good old time we should have known better than to bring two guys that love to talk. <laughs> are, are we out of time already? We, we're, we're already out of time. So, you know, we, but of course, we'll have you guys back as pastors. But um, one last thing that you would like to share, anything about this year that's coming up that, that you haven't shared before that's really exciting to you or that you want to encourage people or you want to invite people to? Well, you know, what What I appreciate about St. Peter's is that it is a, a holistic ministry. So we're not just centered on on one one specific thing. And why I bring that up is because life LifeWorks is a part of St. Peter's. And I'm not quite sure that a lot of people that drive past the campus of St. Peter's knows much about LifeWorks. And I think that's going to change because LifeWorks is getting a, a much needed facelift on the outside and some and some handicap parking because JN and the whole team over there are just doing a phenomenal job of bringing the counseling side of ministry to people. Absolutely. I would say the people that need it. I honestly think that everybody Nobody needs it. <laughs> needs it. I think that we need to make that a little bit more mainstream. But I'm excited for that um, because yeah. I think it's going to bring some attention to to life works that it hasn't had. And in, it and it's going to bring dignity to that office. Right. I mean, we've made we've made it work and it's beautiful on the inside. But from the outside, it's kind of like, huh, it's next to this, you know, uh, dry cleaners. But this is going to really help bring that dignity. So when people arrive, they're like, oh, this is great. I think for me, I haven't talked about this. We're going to get a new sound system in our sanctuary. And that has been the 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 great question is like, can you is it going to make a difference? And we got to test it just a few weeks ago and I was impressed. Very impressed. It was really, really cool. Adam, you described it as being hugged. Yes, I said it's like the sound is just giving you a big old hug. And um, and wherever you walked in the sanctuary, the sound sounded identical. So whether you were up in the back, on the left, or the right, or down front, or somewhere in the middle, it always sounded the same wherever you were at. And that was one of our biggest goals was how do we get there so that people can – you don't have to choose your spot. 
and go, oh, well, today I didn't get to sit where I wanted, and it's not going to sound great. I don't know that the hug's going to sell it to everybody, but being able to hear anywhere in church would definitely sell it to most of our members. Well, we're out of time, so I want to thank you again, Pastor John, Pastor Adam, for taking time out of your busy schedule, sharing with us some of your excitement. Uh, if you you didn't hear it in their words, you should have seen them sitting here with us. They're just excited about ministry here. So Pastor John and Pastor Adam, we just want to thank you again for taking the time to join us today and discussing the past year and, and looking forward to the new year. To our listeners, we just look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations. And uh, as we get ready to enter into this new school year, there's a lot of excitement and we're looking forward to it. So thanks for listening. Now go out and serve God and others.